No Pull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in to the Friday edition of Noble with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Hope everyone has had a great week. It is a Friday. We have finally made it. It's a pretty big Friday in ASU land, the Territorial Cup. Later on today, we got a full preview breakdown of that game coming to you a little bit later on in the program but there's a lot of football action to get into there's stories from asu basketball to get into sean i know you're worried about baseball i got 60 seconds of <laughs> baseball for you as uh-huh. well so if you could just hit the lovely music and we can get this program started on our friday and tell everybody what is in the league this is the one they're talking about sean crespin week 14 of the National Football League started last night. A little Thursday night football. Pats, Rams. Rams beat the Patriots. I ask you this question. I was on this a couple of weeks ago, and then they lost to the 49ers. Are the Rams running away with the NFC West? Uh, it's, it's starting to feel that way. You know, because, and again, we're a week-by-week vibe when it comes to the National we Football do League. Right? I mean, it's week-by-week. Week. You feel like the uh, with the Seattle Seahawks losing to the the Giants and really not looking like the dominant offense that we saw early in the season and now all of a sudden the Rams who defensively have been lights out all year are just kind of playing good football across the board um, you kind of feel like that's going to be the case I mean really they're only up by half a game right now on Seattle they do hold a tiebreaker over the Seahawks but they're only up by half a game in the in the uh, in the division standing so running away with it sure feels like it uh, mathematically not the case as of yet uh, but they're playing really good football right now. There's no doubt about it, and it does feel that way. They are, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I think I'm going to stand by it. I think they're the most complete team in the NFC, and last night was a really good example of it. They can play really good defense. They have a guy, Sean, I don't know if you know this, they have a guy named Aaron Donald who plays defense for them. He's very good at the football. They also showed last night Todd Gurley, who? They can run the ball with anybody. Cam Akers had a fantastic game for them last night. They can run the ball. They can play defense. And, oh, by the way, Jared Goff is the quarterback that brought this team to a Super Bowl before. So he has the pedigree to get them there, I think, this year. Is he going to be the reason they win a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. They're going to win it because of their defense and being able to run the ball. But he knows how to win in the playoffs. That's important. That is an important thing to have. That's why I like this Rams team, and I think they showed it last night. You're giving me a look, Sean. I just love the cliches we throw out there here in the media from time to time. Oh, he's the co- he's I, I, the quarterback that led them to the Super. Yeah, nothing to do with the you know running game and defense that they had, and you know the the uh, creative offensive play calling going on with McVay, and then nothing to do with that. It was it was Jared Goff. I'm trying to give Jared Goff some them credit, to Sean. The Super Can I give him a little bit of credit? I mean, sure, he a was bit. on the he team. He was the quarterback on the yeah. roster. Okay, he started led the them. Super Bowl. He he gets some credit for led that. Led them to the Super Bowl. And then you followed that up by saying he led them to the Super Bowl by saying he's not going to be the reason that they win the Super Bowl. But apparently he led them there. Uh, the cliches in media sometimes crack me up. Cliche no, big. They are very, they're, they're very good. That's a very good football team. Uh, you know, early in the, in the season, I thought that Tampa Bay might be the most complete team in the NFC. I still think if they can get right, they are. Um, but uh, the Rams are right there with them. The Rams, the Rams are playing really good football, and I think we're all sleeping on the Saints too. Like Coach Payton, man, defeated without Drew Brees, man. Like and back to back years, you've lost your your All Pro quarterback for multiple games, and you haven't lost a single game while he's out. Like 
That's and coaching. the two quarterbacks you've replaced them with are Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom, and Taysom Hill, Hill, not like guys that, that are known for right. That's being coaching. top tier quarterbacks. Yeah, and early in the year, we were all writing them off, right? We were all talking about how yeah. the, oh, the Saints, look at all the things that are wrong with the Saints, and they got issues in the locker room with the star wide out, and now here they are 10-2. and two. And if the playoffs started today, that's another great cliche in media. If the playoffs started today, uh, the Saints would be the number one seed and get the bye. So uh, I think we're all sleeping on the Saints. But the Rams, yeah, take them. They're a Super Bowl contender. I'm not going to be shocked if they're there in February. ASU basketball was in action last night, Sean. You were there. And uh, oof, not a good one against San Diego State. But that's a good San Diego State team that they played. You mentioned it to me in the pre-show. This is a team that has the longest road winning streak in college basketball right now. This was also the team that was the last unbeaten in college basketball last year. I know that feels like six years ago, that last year's college basketball season, because of how long 2020 has been. This was a really good basketball team last year. They're a really good basketball team this year. You're telling people not to panic. I'm buying what you're selling. I'm not panicking. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a 30-win team a year ago, as you mentioned. This this team has the nation's longest road winning streak. It's also a team, like, if you're surprised by this, you're just not paying attention. Like, this is a team that beat UCLA handedly as well, UCLA being the only team that in the preseason polls were picked higher than ASU uh, in the Pac-12. So this is a really good San Diego State basketball team like don't get caught up in the fact like oh it's a smaller school smaller conference don't get caught up in that it's a really good basketball team that being said you're supposed to be a really good basketball team as well uh and for stretches in that game yesterday you are you know you fell down early i think it was 14 to 2 you fell down but then you fought back and you took a lead and you were actually had a lead at 43 41 before giving up like a 20 some odd to eight run and then you you, you were in you know catch-up mode you were reeling from that point on in the second half but you know, San Diego State's a good basketball team. ASU looks like a team that doesn't have its rhythm offensively yet. One basketball and multiple guys who want the ball in their hands or need the ball in their hands at this point with Remy, Verge, Christopher, Woods even, you know, go down the list. Uh, they will find their way. It somewhat reminds me, last night's game, we were talking about this in the postgame show on the Sun Devil Radio Network with Tim Healy, Kyle Dodd, and myself. And uh, it somewhat feels like the St. Mary's game from a year ago where you got absolutely embarrassed now this is a better basketball team i think yeah you got embarrassed last year downtown at the in the suns arena um verge had a good game but the overall team it was a joke but yeah you found your way you shook that off you found your way and you played really good basketball throughout the conference schedule and you know if it wasn't for a pandemic you would have made your third straight tournament oh and by the way you wouldn't have had to go through dayton i mean that's that's how well the season actually turned out um so is it time to panic after that loss last night no it's not. Now, Sunday, you play GCU, right? The long-weighted game against GCU. Devils and, and Grand Canyon State getting after it on Sunday. You lose that game or you just look awful? You know, maybe you sneak out with a win, but you look bad? Yeah, it's time to start asking some questions because you're a much better basketball team than GCU. So, um, But after last night, don't panic. Disappointing, sure. Not time to panic. Speaking of basketball, Sean. Kyrie Irving fined 25 grand by the NBA for not talking to the media, put out a nice statement uh, saying why he wasn't going to talk to the media, hasn't made himself available, uh, fined $25,000. I'll ask you the question this way. With all the stuff that we've seen from Kyrie, this is going to be Kevin Durant's first year playing in Brooklyn, technically his second year with the team. Are we starting to see signs of maybe some trouble brewing in Brooklyn, like off-the-court stuff kind of distracting? And I know we're not playing basketball for another week or two, but it certainly feels like a lot of the conversations around Brooklyn right now have to do with things that aren't basketball-related. 
I really hope that James Harden gets traded there. Like, I mean, every, every, every year you need one train wreck, right? Like this, and I feel so bad because we all love Steve Nash here locally, right? And this is Steve yeah, Nash's fun, first, Steve. this is his first head coaching gig in the NBA. And he's got, you know, Mark or Mike D'Antoni there. And we're all, we all love coach D and, you know, so we're all rooting for him. I think deep down a little bit, but man, yeah, this could turn ugly quick. It really could. Um, like not talking to the media is fine, but who like, cares, right? But it's just this. But it, this isn't the first time Kyrie's had a spat with the media and has gone back and forth with them. And again, when what when the Brooklyn Nets come up, if we're not talking about them winning best, this team, Sean, could realistically, I think they're going to play what seventy-two games this season. Yes, they could win sixty-plus games. Like they are extremely talented. They play right. in the Eastern Conference, which they can they can roll over some of the bottom tier teams in the Eastern Conference. Yet it feels like we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what KD's burner account says or what Kyrie doesn't or does say to the media on a weekly basis. Yeah, more than likely. But again, if you're but the the cure all in any sport is winning. Is winning. And, and if they win basketball games, no, we will be talking about all the things you talked you you mentioned a second ago. You know, so if they're winning basketball games, they'll be fine. Um, but I'm. T- it kind of feels like this could spiral, and I, and again, we're talking about him ignoring the media. Who cares, right? But it's just kind right. of the it's just kind of the optics of it all. Feels like this. It's one of those boomer busts, I think. Right? It's either going to be what you said, fifty high fifties in a seventy-two game season, and you're rolling, and you're a one or two seed in the East. You know, right there with Milwaukee, or it's going to be a train wreck. And I'm here for it. And- and if either they way, James Harden, either if they way, James Harden. There's Dude, only one basketball to go around. Yeah, I, there's there's no way it works. Like, I mean, if you're James Harden, I know you. That was your. Well, now there's been a whole bunch of teams. He said he'd be oh, okay he, to be traded. He, to. I think he realizes but, that he's not going to Brooklyn, so yeah. he's like, hmm, let me add some more teams to right. this list so I can get out of Houston. Oh, Phil, you know, uh, Milwaukee sounds good. Oh, Miami's weather is really nice. I'll go yeah. play with Jimmy. If Butler. you're if you're a Suns fan, what's the good thing about all those teams you're mentioning? They're all in the East, uh, right? Hey. There you go. Go ahead and go over there. Let's just cool. go over there. Cool. Uh, and if, if they do make that trade, which, you know, I'm, I'm actually happy that the Rockets haven't just kind of cowered down to this. Like, dude, get get, get, what's, get what he's worth in a trade. Um, but if they do trade him and they send him out to the East, all of a sudden you guarantee leapfrog the Rockets. So it's good news for the Suns. I mean, if you're going to spin it to a local tie-in, it's good news. Yep, man, we can play better or not better at a later date, but I think the Suns would be in front of uh, the uh, the Rockets after that trade. All right, Sean, I have for you today. Mm-hmm. On a Friday, you asked for it, I, I delivered. Now, earlier in the week, I tried to make this a collaborative effort with 60 Seconds of Baseball when I was talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. I got nothing from you guys. So you know what? I'm doubling down. I know for a fact that you're not going to have a take on this story, so you okay. can just turn your mic off. You can oh, start okay. the clock, give me the music. I'll go. Take a break. you're going to have – yeah, yeah. Take a break. Take 60 seconds off. Go get a nice little I'll beverage. Take the dog get outside. For, yeah. yeah, get ready for the Territorial Cup preview, yeah. which we're going to do next. Because okay. 60 seconds of baseball starts right now, and we are going back to the Philadelphia Phillies, who are expected later on today on a Friday to announce that Dave Dombrowski is going to be their new president of baseball operations. This is a guy who has been in Detroit, who has been in uh, Boston with the Red Sox, and he is known for coming in being aggressive if you have good prospects they're getting traded to other teams for proven major league talent because he wants to quickly win a championship he's going to spend a lot of money then he's going to win you a title then they're going to be really bad for a couple of years he's going to skip town to go do something else and then you're going to be left holding the bag trying to figure out how to make your team competitive once again this is a guy who took time away from baseball after being let go in boston
Houston, moved his family to Nashville, was going to be a part of a group, an initiative to bring a baseball team to Nashville, which I think is a great thing to do. Nashville deserves a baseball team. That's one of my favorite cities in the United States. He was supposed to do that. Philly called and said, hey, we got a ton of money for you. He's like, oh, okay, I'll leave this and go do that. So the Phillies bring in an aggressive general manager. Who knows what that can mean for the offseason that really hasn't even gotten going yet. Dave Dombrowski, the new president of baseball operations there in Philly. Uh, yeah, Sean, I didn't think you had anything Lock has that, spoken. So. Okay, all right, moving on, moving on. It is a Friday. It is Territorial Cup Day. Myself, Sean Crespin, Jordan Simone, we preview the Territorial Cup, Arizona State, Arizona. We do it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, let me tell you guys about Earnhardt Auto Centers, a proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, 17 brands. Doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west. Wherever you're at in the valley, Earnhardt's got you covered for that new vehicle you've had your eye on. And obviously, current times of social distancing. Check out the No Bull Express option at nobull.com. Right in the middle of the page. Just go to nobull.com, bam, right at the top of the page, right in the middle. Make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your own home. From test driving a vehicle that's delivered right to your front door, by the way. Finance applications can be done online as well. Then they're going to deliver the actual ride you purchase right to your home as well. You don't even have to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that absolutely can't be beat with the Noble Express option. The Earnhardt name, you know you can trust it. A 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't Noble. Well... I don't think there's any music rejoiner better than that one, Sean. So appreciate you doing that as we're all excited here on a Friday. I can see Jordan Simone's excitement from his house. I'm, I'm thousands of miles away. I can tell how excited he is because it is Friday. It is the Territorial Cup tonight. It does feature two teams that don't have a win on the season, but who cares about <laughs> that? It's the Territorial Cup. It's Arizona State. It's U of A. Jordan Simone, I'm just going to let you go. Go ahead. Say what you got to say. Look, man, uh, I'm excited. I, I Let me just first and foremost say that I hate the team down south. I am surrounded by people from U of A. Uh, my wife, her family, all U of A people. My boss and CEO of my company is a U of A grad, former football player. Uh, so I'm surrounded everywhere I go by U of A people, and nothing feels better than just watching ASU beat the dog piss shit ass out of all of – those freaking guys down at U of A, man. I love it. And let me also say, I have a lot of respect for Noel Mazzoni, their offensive coordinator, good friends with his son, um, and their offense has done a great job. It, looking at U of A, their offense moves the football. With their running backs, they can run the football. Um, now, Grant Gannell was their starter to start the year at quarterback, and, and he was good. He's a stud. He's exactly the type of guy that Noel Mazzoni wants to recruit to U of A. Uh, but he got hurt. He hurt his shoulder. He had a little AC separation. And I don't know if you guys have ever separated your AC joint or a chromioclavicular joint. Uh, you know, little 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 uh, little medical guy over here. No big deal. Um, but it's it's a painful injury. It's a very painful injury, and it's on his throwing shoulder. So I don't know, imagine he'll be back this game. But they do have a kid that will be playing named Plummer. Local kid. No, not not Jake Plummer. Not related to Jake Plummer. His name's Will Plummer. He's straight out of Gilbert, Arizona. Stand up, Gilbert, if you hear me. Um, and, and he can play. He's a big kid, athletic, can run the football, but he's a freshman and he makes freshman mistakes. Um, and, and when he's faced with a lot of pressures, he doesn't necessarily know how Sean is over here yelling at his dog. I think his dog is eating a cord, perhaps. Um, 
but 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 Will Plummer is a uh, he, he's a good he's a good quarterback. He's a young quarterback, and when he f- faces the blitz, he's, that's where he struggles. He makes turnovers, bad mistakes. They get into third and long situations. Um, but look, this is a U of A team that is capable. They're not as bad as everyone uh, you know automatically thinks they are. They've lost a couple close games. They played USC really tough. But at the end of the day, I think ASU is is going to have a field day on the ground. I think they're going to be able to run the football, chip train them. Rashad White, Jaden Daniels even will probably have over 100 yards. And, and if you if you look at what Colorado did to them last week, they were able to run the football like nobody's business. So I think it's going to be ASU big. It'll be close early, but uh, I think ASU should run away with this one in the second half. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And and you're right. He's a freshman quarterback who has struggled in the time that he's had to come in for Grant Canell so far, talking about Plummer. Um, ASU should be fine. And, you know, especially with the with the pressure ASU's been getting on the quarterback with their front four, switching to the to the 4-3 this year. You were, you were you know, kind of curious, how is this going to work out? And we only have a two-game sample size. But, man, they had, I, I think they had a 12 or 13 sacks total last year from their defensive linemen they have eight and two games you know the the, yeah. the 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 pressure they're getting with the front four at arizona state right now is is outstanding and again two game sample size so it's a small sample size but it's yeah. something to be excited about considering we all have that as maybe a question mark coming into the season so uh asu is the more talented football team hands down uh they're the better coach team. They're better coach team i don't even think that's yeah. arguable you should be able to hear a lot of the U of A issues play into your strengths if you're ASU. Like, you have no business going down there and not handling business, if that makes sense. Yeah. You, you know, there's no yeah. reason you shouldn't go down there and just handle U of A. But that being said, we've all watched this rivalry for a lot of years. We've said that before. So who knows what's going to come out of this football game, but you feel pretty good about going into it if you're a Sun Devil. And I think, too, guys, the other part of this, and, Sean, you just brought it up, and it's really important, is everything on paper, you list it all out, advantage ASU in this football game, yet there's that little thought in the back of my mind that just kept creeping in throughout the week of, yeah, but it's the Territorial Cup. You just never know what can happen in these football games. And just in my short time living in Arizona, going to school here, there have been some just memorable moments in this rivalry game. Yet, and this is, listen, I... I we're all Sun Devils on this show, and this is going to probably make me the most hated person on the show when I say this. I, I don't know like if, if I'm going to remember this Territorial Cup 6, 8, 12 months from now because of the way that the college football season has played out. The fact that ASU is only going to play three or four games. Like I don't know. Yes, you want to win. Yes, I'm not going to be happy if Arizona State doesn't win later on today. But I just don't know if like a year, two years from now, I'm just going to look back and even give this more than just a glancing a glancing mention in, in passing when referencing 2020. See, I think of it the, on the on the other completely other side of the spectrum, really. Uh, this season has been so odd that I don't know if I'll ever forget this season. You know, when tell me another time in your lifetime that ASU has played three football games. You know, you were 0-2 going into the Wildcat game in late December, or mid-December, I should say. You know, I'll, I will always remember that. And because they've only played two games, because this has been such an odd year, you know, a month between football games. This is your season. If you're Arizona State, this game is your season. Who cares what and who you end up playing next week? Which, by the way, the Pac-12 is doing an about face on what they were, you know, originally planning on doing. They were originally going to have one play one, two play two, three play three. You know, uh, counter counter division, um, and that that's how you were going to get your extra game at the end of the year. 
Uh, now they're just going to find teams that can play each other and, and match them up. It can be anybody. You can play South versus South, North versus North. And so who cares who you play next week? This is your season. I mean, it re- really, it, it, and so I think I'm, I'm going to remember yeah. this one more so, Schubert. Like, I know a lot of people are are somewhat checked out on the Pac-12 football schedule because of the way it's played out, you know, especially ASU, who's only played two games. So maybe you're not as fired up going into this game. But, man, I think if you're, if you're a Sun Devil football fan, this is your whole season. If you're a Sun Devil football player, if you're a coach, this is your whole season. So I, I, I think I'll remember this one more down the line than some of the other games in the past. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as well, much as, you know, block, blocked extra points and field goals that, that fly wide right when you come back from 19 down. Like, I mean, yeah, I'll always remember those two, right? Yeah, those are solid remember, memories, yeah. you know. But I yeah, think this one yeah. will live up there, too, just because of the craziness going on in the world. Well, yeah, that and you know, the, this is uh, you know, they're both no win team. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's ever happened if they've ever faced each other with both having no wins. Right. Um, obviously, because of the limited amount of games. But look, at the end of the day, you know, I think you guys said it. If this is your championship, this is the Super Bowl for you this season. If nothing else matters, this game matters because it matters so much. The past players, um, the past grads, the people that are there now, and the people that will follow. After I mean, it, this game means so much in the in the history uh, of uh, of all of anybody who went to ASU. This game, if you win this game, you'll be in good shape. And look, I really think that ASU is the best team in the Pac-12, and and it's so shitty, right? It's frustrating, man. It, they really are. I think the most complete team uh, in the Pac-12 because they can run the football. They can stop the run. Their defensive line has been lights out the two games that they played. Um, and I think when you really look at this game, that's where ASU is going to have to dominate is because uh, U of A's offensive line and the pass protection has been bad. And if they can just rush for and get home, they're going to have a long freaking night because this quarterback, uh, uh, Plummer, he, he will put the ball up in the air and um, make some bad mistakes because he is a freshman. And, and look, not every freshman can play like Jaden Daniels did last year. But, um, you know, he's a big kid. They're going to try to run the football with, with their, their two good running backs and Wiley and um, number zero. I can't, I can't ever remember his name. Uh, give me one second. Gary Brightwell. I knew it. I knew I, would, I, knew I would figure it out. Gary Brightwell, yes. Yeah. So they, they've got the, the, the tools. They lost a lot of guys at the beginning of the year, whether it was guys bowing out because of COVID or, or the Schooler brothers transferring. Um, they lost a couple of linebackers. But they're, they're talented, and, and if you're ASU, you just want to go down there and out physical them, beat the hell out of them on the ground, and then just stop that run. They're going to be in big trouble. And I know what people are saying right now, listening to the podcast. What do you mean ASU is the most complete team in the conference? They're zero and two. They played two games. They've lost yeah. them both. But you got to put context to it, right? Like you got to yeah. put like that the the freak of nature final five minutes against USC. Like so many things had to break their way from tipped passes to onside kicks and everything else. Yeah. And then you started the game so sloppy after taking an entire month off playing. You know, a UCLA football team that had been playing games as of late. And yeah. uh, once you got your feet And they were in, better than them. They are. If and you one, watch that game, yes. you once, know that ASU is the better football team. Once it's, you got, yeah. That's what's frustrating, you know. Once you once yeah. they got their feet underneath them in the second half, you could you could see the difference in, in which team, you know, was really the better team that night. But it's you know it's unfortunate. It, it, the whole thing is, I know we probably come off sounding like homers having that type of conversation, no, but us? but it is it is true though. Like those if, yeah. that, that, that those are facts. Uh, other facts to add into this game, just things to, to just have on your mind when you're watching this football game tonight. Uh, ASU has the opportunity to win four straight against U of A. 
for just the fifth time. And it hasn't happened since 1975 to 1978. So it's been a long time since ASU has been on that type of a run against U of A. So that's on the table tonight. And I believe Herm Edwards can become the first head coach in ASU history to win his first three against the U of A as well. So a couple of things just to keep on on, on your mind when you're watching the game tonight. Uh, ASU's had a four-game winning streak from 49 to 52. They had a four-game winning streak from 56 to 58. They had a nine-game winning streak from 65 to 74. And they had another four-game winning streak from 75 to 78 within this rivalry. They can can hit the four-game winning streak mark again with a win today. So uh, always exciting, always looking forward to it. And, and, And the hell with you, Schubert. I'm excited. (laughs) <laughs> wait, wait, can I take us can I take us down a path here for a minute? Yeah, yeah, please do. Can you read those stats again for those winning streaks? Yeah. Forty nine to fifty two. ASU had a four okay. game winning streak. Fifty six to fifty eight, four game okay. winning streak. Sixty five to seventy four, nine game winning streak. Seventy five to seventy eight, four game winning streak. So in between the seventy four and seventy five seasons, there's another game that the two teams played? Yes. Saying See what I'm second. saying? There's, yeah, there, no, I'm with you. Let there's me pull a, up. There's a year in between. So was there like a funky? They played an extra game. Did they play something? I sorry, that's where my brain goes when you throw these stats out there. There's year gaps between all those streaks, except those two. So either it's one consecutive 13 game winning streak. There Sean was typed one the stat wrong. There's yeah, it may have been a scribble. May have been a scribble here. wrong. It was. Uh, I want to know. Okay, yeah, I was scribbled wrong. 65 okay. to 73. Sun Three. Devils won, and then you had a U of A win in '74, followed okay. by another four-game winning streak. So my scribble on my note card. Sorry, I did didn't. Me I, in. I didn't want to call you out. I was just no. You're not wrong. How it could have happened. And we got to be right here. Sure. We got to be right here. No, yeah. you're wrong. So 65 to 73, four-game winning streak. Uh, hang on, no, I lied to you. 65 to 74, nine-game winning streak. Followed by seven. Now you got me all screwed up. 65 to 73, nine-game winning streak, followed by a U of A win, followed by a four-game winning streak for U of A. So either way. They have they've had a four plus winning four plus game winning streak against the U of A only four times in history. This could be the fifth. So that is something to look forward to in tonight's game. You gentlemen will both uh, be a part of the action, albeit from Sun Devil Stadium. I will be watching uh, from afar. So have fun tonight, gentlemen. Enjoy the game. Uh, enjoy the lovely weather there. Uh, I think it's going to snow here again today. So that's that's great. Really enjoying that. Um, but yeah, I, am not as excited as you are. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be the negative Nancy on the show here today. I'm just not as excited. I'm still going to watch the game. I'll still be keeping a close eye on it, but I just don't, I didn't wake up this morning feeling like, you know, it was a big game day. It didn't feel like well, it's usually morning, ho- so. It's usually Thanksgiving week too. You know what I mean? There's usually sure you hit Thanksgiving in the, in the college football schedule guys. And it kind of feels different, right? You're like, Oh man, here we go. Rivalry week. You got different games going on that uh, you look forward to all year long. And then you jump right into the bowl season and, you know, conference title games. So it just feels the whole thing feels different. I'm, I, I I hear you, but in terms of the meaning of this football game, Chris, it never diminishes. And it, and in this season, it might be even mean a little bit more. You want to talk about the meaning of this football game? Oh boy! This is the most important football game of the 2020 season. And and forget it. This is the most important matchup for all of people who went to Arizona State and Arizona. This is it. This is everything at 2020. Put all your anger, all your frustration into watching this football game. Now, I don't care if you got to throw a Coors Light at your TV because you're so pissed off talking to U of A fans. You got to do it. But at the end of the day, for the players, this is it. I don't care if you have to go down south, if they come up here, if you got to meet them in a parking lot out back behind a TGI Fridays. You whoop the dude's ass who lines up across from you. You get an opportunity to play against these guys. You should go at them with pure hatred. Don't be cheap. Don't do cheap shots because that's what they do. 
beat the hell out of them between the lines while the whistle, before the whistle blows, just beat the hell out of them. Well, maybe into the echo of the whistle, right? I mean, uh, you, you, no you can tell. I didn't, didn't, a little, didn't little extra. Uh, by the way, I, I should say, I'm going to listen to the game tonight, not watch the game tonight. Listen to the game. Thank I'm you. Support my support my friends yeah. here on this show and what the they're Sun doing. Radio uh, Network. Guys, that's not the only football team that is in action this weekend. The Arizona Cardinals play a very important game on Sunday, and we've reached that time of the year where you might have to do a little scoreboard watching. So we're going to tell you what games, what results are the most important for you, the Arizona Cardinal fan, this weekend. We'll do it next year on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Sean, we've spent a lot of this week talking about you know, the Cardinals and getting right here against the, the, the I almost called them the San Francisco Giants. That's where my baseball brain goes. The New York Giants on Sunday and how they are in a heated playoff race. We've reached that point of the year, Sean, where you're not just looking at the games that you're playing, right? Where the Cardinals are playing against the Giants. You're doing a little scoreboard watching. That's a good thing. That means you're in the playoff mix. That means other games matter to whether or not you make the playoffs. But that could be a little shaky because you don't know which games to root for. So we, Sean, we did the work for the Cardinals fans. We have put together the list of the rooting interests for the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. We have a list of games in priority that we think you should be rooting for if you are an Arizona Cardinal fan. So, Sean, are you ready to reveal this list for Week 14 in the National Football? I am. Do we want music for this? Do we want some fun? If, you can, if you can quickly give me some NFL music behind me, I think that will make this list. That's it. Sean, that is exactly what I was looking for. You read my mind. Thank you very much. Oh, this is great now. Okay. Sean, this is going to shock you, but number one on the list, um, beat the Giants. <laughs> take care take care of business against the Giants because if you lose, I don't think any of this other stuff matters. So scoreboard A, Cardinals score more points than Giants. Got it. Okay, that's I've got that you, down. I've jotted it on, my, on the note card? my note card right in front of me. I got it. Cardinals need to score more points than the Giants on Sunday. That's the first scoreboard we should be watching. Okay, next okay. game that means something to the Cardinals this year. The Vikings at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this is a this is a matchup that features a seven and five Bucks team and a six and six Vikings team. Now, this might be this might be controversial. I think you want to root for the Vikings in this football game, Sean, because I think if you make the Vikings seven and six and the Bucks seven and six, now you just all of a sudden brought another spot into the picture. The team that is currently in that what they what are the Bucks the six seed? In the in the in the NFC right now, you bring another playoff spot into the mix. You put the six and seven seeds in play. Yeah, because here's what you're here's what you're doing at that point. So the, again, this is controversial because a Minnesota loss puts them at six and seven, and a Cardinal win over the Giants puts you at seven and six. So that puts you in the playoffs. But if the Giants beat the Bucks, now you got a seven and six Bucks team, a seven and six Vikings team, and a seven and six Cardinals team. And if you look at these schedules down the stretch. We did. Remember, we did. We did. Which path is better or not better? Better or not path better. to the playoffs. The Arizona Cardinals actually have a fairly favorable path to the playoffs. You still got the Eagles on the on the schedule. You still got the 49ers on the schedule. A team you've already beat, who's also you know banged up and going through some things, playing home games here in Arizona and so forth. And then you get a Rams team to end the year, and you might catch a break there because if the Rams are securely set with the division title. Who knows if they're even playing down. anybody, right, in, the, in yeah, that Jared final Goff game? Take the yeah, so you're you're sitting in a position, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, where you might have the more favorable path. So if the Vikings win and there's two playoff spots 
basically open to you might be better than being in, but really only battling it out for that final spot. That is a controversial. Well, that's a controversial pick for the weekend. But I think I'm with you. Go Vikings. Plus, I'm hedging here because if the Vikings win this game, they're seven and six. The Bucks are seven and six. If the Cardinals lose, they're a game out of two spots now. Instead of, so yeah. it, it protects you against a loss, right? If you win, you're right there in the thick of, the thick of things, three teams at 7-6. and six. But if you lose and the Vikings win, you're still just one game back in the loss column of both of those teams. So to be clear, you and I are totally cool with conceding actually being in this week. Correct. We're, with... This is a long-term play. I'm about opportunity, Sean. I okay. need uh, The numbers need to be on my side here. Go Vikings this weekend. Game number three, Sean. Go Pack Go. The Packers need to beat the, the Lions in Detroit. This is a 5-7 and seven Detroit team. If you lose to the Giants this weekend, and again, the first thing on this list is beat the Giants. But if they don't and the Lions pull the upset on the Packers, guess what? Another team hops you in the standings because the Lions beat you earlier in the season. So you need to avoid all of that. Avoid teams that have the tiebreakers with you being on the same level that you are record-wise. Packers need to win this game on Sunday. Yeah, you're feeling pretty good, right? If you win and all of a sudden you're 7-6 and six and the Packers take care of business over the Lions and all of a sudden they're 5-8, and eight, you're feeling pretty yeah, good. You're yeah, feeling pretty on. good at that point. So go, Pack, go. Next game. Texans need to beat the Bears. We're taking a lot of road teams, Sean, and I don't think this is going <laughs> to pan out the way we'd like it to, but we need the road teams to do well mm -hmm. this weekend. The Bears are in a, a similar spot. They're also 5-7. and seven. Now, the tiebreaker is different here because there's no head-to-head -head matchup between these two teams. I think when you look at this, you need to keep teams that are right now just one game back of the loss column from you. You need to not allow them to gain ground. Yeah. Just the same principle that applied to the Lions. If the Bears lose, they get to eight losses. That's probably yeah. going to end things for them. I don't think an 8-8 eight eight team is going to get into the playoffs, so I think that would eliminate them from contention. Not mathematically, but I think it would take them out of the mix here. Yeah, I mean, if the Bears win, again, the, the, the next tiebreaker would be conference record, right? So now you're looking at the Bears, if they win, would be 6-5 and five in the conference. Cardinals would be 5-4. and four. Bears would leapfrog you, right? So you need to make, if you were to lose, so you need to make sure that, uh, A, handle your own business, but the Bears need to lose as well. So I'm with you on that one. Um, we're, we're, we're going Texans here. Let's go Deshaun yes. Watson over the Bears. Okay. Okay. The fifth game on the list this weekend. That has impact the on the Washington, Cardinals. The Washington football team at the San Francisco 49ers at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Sean, I have another controversial opinion for you. What are we rooting for? We're rooting for a tie, buddy. <laughs> we need a tie between these two football teams because they right. are both five and seven. Uh -huh. And if and if one of them wins, they get to six and seven. They keep pace with you no matter what you do, win or loss. You lose. They're now the same record as you. Uh, you win if you're the Cardinals against the Giants. They're still just one game back. And specifically, if it's the 49ers, they have a game against you later on in the season. Now, you have the tiebreaker over them right now, but you don't want to give them an opportunity to even that tiebreaker back up later. So tie. Give me a tie. Give me Ron. Now, see, this is the problem because Riverboat Ron's probably not going for ties. He's going for wins. Yes. But we're tied. We're rooting for a tie, Sean. There's no way Ron Rivera is going to let that game end in a tie. Right? He went for two earlier in the season that probably if he didn't against the Giants and he went to overtime, this is a totally different playoff picture. Washington might be in. That's a good point. Very good point. For they don't call him Riverboat Ron for nothing, right? Uh, so, I know I agree with you there. I like it. Um, we're, we're in America. We don't usually root for ties. Feels un-American. No. But ties. I'm okay with that. So, to recap, 
We need the Cardinals to score more points than the Giants this weekend, right? That's, that's step A, right? That, that's that's number A on the list is Cardinals score mm-hmm. more points than the Giants. Uh, Letter two. Second game we're looking at, Vikings and Bucks, and this was where it gets a little bit a little bit interesting. We say Vikings beat the Bucks, and if the Cardinals beat the Giants, now there's a three-way tie. You have you have the opp- opportunity to find the six or the seven seed eventually. However, if you just let Minnesota lose and you win, you'd be securely in at the seventh spot. So it's a little bit of a controversial move, but we're, I think we're both going for the Vikings here. Let's open up the uh, both wild card spots wide open. That'll be followed by the Packers beating the Lions, who have the tiebreaker on you. So let's get them two games back if we can. Cardinals beat the Giants. Packers beat the Lions. You're two games up on them. You're feeling good about that. And then the Texans and the Bears against Bears. Bears hold the conference tiebreaker over you. So we need the Texans and Deshaun Watson to handle the Chicago Bears. And then we're doing the un-American thing of of rooting for a tie in the Washington and San Francisco game. All right, so there you go. That's what you need to look for if you're a Cardinal fan. That's it. I will say this, that second game, that Vikings-Bucks game, to Mm -hmm. open up a potential second playoff spot in the wild card, right now, here are the two and three seeds in the the NFC. So if the Cardinals get into the seventh spot, they would play the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. If they get to the sixth seed, Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams, right? Mm-hmm. So Mm-mm. do we want to adjust? Do we want to adjust our pick? So now we that want I gave to this <laughs> we want to be the seven. That's not a that's not a bad call, because let's not recap the last seven games against the Rams. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, that's a good catch there, Schubert. Maybe we do just want to be in the seven seed and make sure we get the Packers, who, by the way, the Cardinals beat last year. That's a good call. I don't, I don't think you're going to Lambo and beating Aaron Rodgers, but well, it's hey, not, it's not normal that's... Lambo though. It's empty Lambo. Is empty Lambo scary? Is empty yes. Lambo scary? It's cold, right? It's cold. It's gonna snow. Lafleur Rodgers. Hey, you're telling me. You're telling me right now. You would believe Cliff Kingsbury to win a postseason game in Lambo? I don't have confidence in Cliff Kingsbury winning a postseason game anywhere. But you know, okay, I, so then there I you think, go. I'm I'm taking my chances in in Lambo where you might have a La Fleury of snow eh? or over going to LA <laughs> Wow over going to LA and playing a Rams team that has beat me seven straight times and and the three games against Cliff Kingsbury. Well, I guess the la- the game last year, the the wrap up the season was a seven point spread. Uh but ultimately he's somewhat owned you. I'd rather I think I'd rather go to cold, empty Lambo, then go to LA and play a Rams team that kicks my ass every time we play. I I, I think I'd rather do that. So give me the sevens. I think we I I do think we need to rethink our thought process. Maybe we want the Bucks to win, and it puts you securely in the seventh spot, which lines you up with the Packers, opposed to having the sixth spot available to you, and then you you mess around and end up playing the Rams in the first round. I think you're right, Schubert. I'm, you, I'm changing our sheet. Yeah, we, we're changing it to now the Bucks. But ever since you said LaFleury of Snow, I, I I got nothing. I have heard <laughs> none of the words that have come from your microphone oh, since man. you made one of the worst bad puns I think I've heard on this show since we started. So we are making a change. We are now rooting for the Bucks. Yes. So the, the previous part, portion of this program, ignore that. Yes. Go Bucks. So we're going to recap we now. Play. We're going to recap now. Cardinals over the Giants. That's that's number A of what needs to happen. Then we need the Bucks to beat the Vikings. We need the Packers okay. to beat the Lions. We need the Texans to beat the Bears. And we're un-American in our final one. We want a tie in the in the Washington-San Francisco game. Gotcha. 
So there you have it uh, as you get ready for the Cardinals to take on the Giants on Sunday. I do want to make a quick mention of some comments uh, from Cliff Kingsbury earlier in the week. I think these comments were actually yesterday, Thursday. Uh, And I don't know, I'll be honest, I don't know if there was a question asked about this. All I have is the quote about this, about Cliff on Larry Fitzgerald, this potentially being his last season. And the quote from him was, I hope Larry plays another five years, end quote. And my thoughts on this are, do you really want Larry to play another five years? Because one, I don't think he's been necessarily used well in the Cliff Kingsbury offense the two years that we've been here. And two, it's going to cost you north of $10 million a year to keep Larry around. Now, maybe the maybe we didn't catch the end of that quote, Sean, because he said, I want Larry to play another five years, but he didn't say for the Cardinals. Oh, stop so there was it. A, we, didn't, we didn't get that part. Cliff and everybody oh, involved quote. with the Cardinals want Larry around as long as possible. And Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. It's been, what, I think uh, 11 a year is what he's been making, 11, like the jersey number. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a price tag for a wide receiver who you right now are utilizing to the extent of 36 yards per game and zero touchdowns on the year. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's a, I mean, you get the veteran leadership aspect of it in the locker room, on the field, and everything about it. But in terms of the overall production offensively, I mean, Cliff's saying the right things there. He's telling the media the right things because, you know, Larry Legend, you don't get that name without being beloved. Five more years. But uh, in, terms of Cliff's, in terms of Cliff's offense, yeah, I mean, that's, he doesn't utilize him like, he want, like somebody he wants around for five more years, that's for sure. Uh, speaking of Larry, uh, glad to hear him doing well uh, after dealing with COVID. He lost talked nine about that this pounds, week. dude. He lost nine pounds. He lost pounds nine pounds. Uh, scary stuff. He talked about redoing his will and stuff. Like just, I, I was reading these quotes from yesterday, and I was like, my goodness. So glad to see that Larry is doing well. Looks like he's going to play. Uh, I think Steve Kime has said as much that Larry Fitzgerald is going to play in this game on Sunday. So great to hear that he's back, he's healthy, he's cleared all the protocols, and that he is uh, he is good to go for this game on Sunday. Sean, do you want to have some fun on a Friday before we get out Dude, of here? Do we have to wrap up the week with some fun. We have to. Okay. What are we so doing? How about we, we're doing some buy or sell? We got some big pop culture news yesterday that I'm going to get your thoughts on. We got some football stuff, some college basketball stuff. It's buy or sell next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. One more time, big thanks to Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951. Proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. We told you about the 19 Arizona locations earlier, the 21 dealerships, the 17 different brands. We told you about the Noble Express option. Just click it right there in the top of the website, right in the middle. Can't miss it at noble.com. Entire buying process from right there in your own home. That's the Noble Express option at noble.com. It's a commitment to your from their family to yours. 69-year commitment. The Earnhardt name, you know you can trust it. That ain't Noble. All right, Sean. We'll buy or sell here on a Friday. Uh-huh. Get us in positive spirits going into the weekend. Although I think one of these topics we're going to argue about, and I'm not really happy about it, but we'll get there. Week 14 of the NFL kicked off last night. We saw the Patriots in action. They lose to the Rams. Cam Newton, Bill Belichick says, that's my quarterback. He's our starter. I ask you, Sean, buy or sell Cam Newton's career as a starting quarterback in the NFL is over. Oh, I buy that. I buy that, Schubert. And you know you know that I was buying that before this year even started. You know, like I, I know there was a lot of discussion about how does Cam Newton not have a job in the National Football League? How does Cam Newton how is he the last quarterback that's been signed? Dude, you had a you have a guy who's a sub 60% completion quarterback on the Actually, I take it back. His 66.1% completions this year 
have now put him at 60.0. He is literally at the threshold now of the cutoff line of the NFL for your completion percentage as an NFL quarterback. Uh, but this is a guy that's struggled to throw the football. He had the shoulder issues. He's never been very accurate. He's you know he, If he doesn't have the wheels that he had back in 2015, he's not going to be a dominant quarterback in this league. And we haven't seen a dominant quarterback out of Cam Newton since 2015. I don't know what people were expecting. You know, it, it's it, you're you're getting the quarterback you should have expected in New England right now. And I give Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick a ton of credit for the way they started the year. They reinvented their offense to try to get the most out of his skill set. But like like anything in the NFL, defenses catch up. We're watching it right now with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray here locally in Arizona defenses catch up in the NFL and if you're limited in what you can bring to the table that's going to be it and what we've seen is a offense that is limited in what they can bring to the table because of the limited skill set that Cam Newton brings to the table right now with the inability to be accurate with the football he doesn't have the arm strength he had at one point in his career he's got he's had the shoulder injuries he's had the ankle injuries he's had everything to go along with it He's just not a dominant quarterback, and he's very limited, which makes the Patriots very limited. And and that's why I buy it. His time as a starter in this league, I believe, as a true starter, is over. You know, after this year, I think the Patriots move on, and I think somebody will put him on their roster, right? He'll he'll, He'll get a roster spot. But as a starting quarterback, like you're my franchise guy, we're starting week one with you, and we hope you're our guy through week 17. No, those days are those days are behind him. I'm with you, Sean, and I, I was okay with the, with teams giving him a chance. Sure. Maybe a change of scenery would do good for him. Maybe a, a new a new voice, a new offensive coordinator, a new coach. Maybe they could find a way uh, to reinvent their offense and reinvent and and look at the 2020 version of Cam Newton and say, okay, what does this quarterback do well? Can we get? Uh, the most out of this version of Cam Newton because the MVP version of Cam Newton was long gone. And to, to Josh McDaniel's credit, they did that in the early going, but I think we've sh- we've seen, and then, Sean, I think you and I would agree on this, Josh McDaniel is one of the brighter offensive minds in this league. If, if he can't get more out of Cam Newton than what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, I don't know if there's a place, if there's a coaching staff, if there's a situation out there in the National Football League that can and if we're going to be fair, he doesn't have any weapons, right? Let's call it like it is. There's there's really not a lot around him. The offensive line isn't great either. Uh, so there's not a lot there if we're going to be fair. But what gets me with Cam Newton is what you saw last night with the pick six. Like, that's just not an NFL throw, dude. And if you watch him play, there's a lot of one-hoppers. Yeah, He's just not accurate with the ball, and he doesn't have the wheels to be dominant you know, um, in other areas right now. And like I said, defenses have caught up. He's limited, which makes the Patriots limited, which makes them uh, a sub-500 football team right now. Yeah, his days as a starter in this league are gone. Speaking of the Patriots, Sean, uh, their streak uh, of 17 seasons with 10-plus wins is officially over after the loss last night. Buy or sell that we will never see such a streak, a streak like that again. Oh, I'm buying that. We're never seeing that again. Yeah, go ahead and hit that that button for me, because I'm I'm telling you, this is we've seen it one time before. The San Francisco 49ers had a 16 season run of 10 plus wins, um, it, it, but the way the NFL is built now, it's built for parity, right? The way the salary cap is structured, the way the CBA was put together when it comes to to contracts and everything. I mean, you you have to have the perfect situation line up, and the Patriots did. And no offense to your Jets. But for the majority of these 17 years, that division outside of the Patriots has been hot garbage. 
and you had a quarterback that was willing to take less to get more on the field. And you know what I mean? Like everything came together. Like Brady became one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and he was willing to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. And you have one of the best head coaches of all time. And you had a division that was down the majority of the time throughout those 17 years. So many things came together that it, it, I, I don't know if we'll ever see it again. The NFL's not built for us to have those type of those type of runs. 17 years of 10 plus wins. No, we're never going to see that again. We're never going to see it again. Is it a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't. I don't think we're ever going to see it again. I'm with you, and, and, and I think it's going to take a, a perfect scenario, right? I mean, let, let's see. Would you say that Kansas City with Mahomes and Andy Reid is probably the team that's closest to that? Sure. But I mean, with a 400 Mike, and some odd million dollar contract, how do you keep it together for 10 for 17 years? You, you don't. There, there's nobody that agrees with that take in specific more than me. I've been getting blown up on Twitter all week for that take. Uh, I agree that you, you you create a window, you try to win Super Bowls, but after that it gets it, it gets really difficult in a hurry to have prolonged prolonged stints of winning, prolonged stints of success. And the reason why they were able to do it is Brady was never really in the top ten at his position getting paid. He was never really at the top ten quarterback cap number year in and year out. Maybe Mike Tomlin. You have to look at guys that are really good coaches that can find ways to win, even if they don't have the quarterback. I mean, Mike Tomlin took a Duck Hodges-led team to 8-8, eight eight, right? Those are the two teams that immediately come to mind to me, the Chiefs and the Steelers as teams that could do it. But I'm with you. I don't. I think it's going to be almost impossible for a team to have that kind of Yeah, and you have to be lucky with, with injuries, too. I mean, Tom Brady had the one big knee injury, right? The one big leg injury in, in week one. And then they went 11 games with that castle, right? Right. I mean, like, right. But even then, like, you have to be you have to be lucky with injuries. You have to have a great quarterback that can even play 17 years at a high level. So, I mean, no. I mean, the 49ers, when they did it, they ran through for both the end of Joe's career into Steve's career. So, you know, it, it you have to be lucky in a lot of different ways to, to have that type of success. And you tip your cap to the Patriots. And um, as a fan of AFC football, I am uh, so glad <laughs> it is taking a step back. And you as a fan uh, of a team in the division, I'm uh, so happy the 17 years are over. All right, Sean, a new story uh, from Bleacher Report yesterday. Uh, talked to some NFL insiders and looked at the GM openings that are available right now. And the ones that we have uh, are Houston, Atlanta, Jacksonville, and Detroit. Those are the only four that were evaluated here in this list. There could be others that open up, but obviously you can't speculate on things that don't necessarily exist right now. Uh, the number one thing, uh, uh, the number one job opening, according to these NFL insiders, was the Houston Texans. So I ask you, Sean, buy or sell Houston Texans are the most attractive GM job in the National Football League. That is a great question. I'm going to have to Let's sell it. I'm going to sell it. Sell, sell, sell. And I sell it because um, I I think I'd rather be in the Detroit, the Detroit Lions situation. I think I would. I like Stafford as a quarterback. I think Stafford has more time left than people think. Um, I do. I know that's crazy to think. I know it's crazy, but I, I, I kind of like where Detroit is at. And I'm going to defer to you more so because you keep up on on on, uh, on on cap space and draft pick availability more than I do. But if I'm looking at the situations, Jacksonville, no quarterback to speak of whatsoever. Uh, and I kind of I'm a I'm a Matt Stafford fan. Like I think he can win if you put the right pieces around him. You get an opportunity to replace the head coach there and in Houston. In Jacksonville, you going down that road, you know? So, um, I think Detroit. 
All right, I'm selling this as well. Sell, sell, sell. But I'm taking Jacksonville. Jacksonville is the job that I want, and it's because of the things that you just asked me about. Here's the situation in Houston, and, and thank you for giving me credit for being a nerd and knowing these things. Sure. Um, the Houston Texans, $11 million over the cap next year, so they have some cap issues to work out. Sean, they don't have a first or second round pick in the 2021 NFL draft. They do have seven picks between round three and seven, but they're not picking in either of the first two rounds because they traded those picks to get Laramie Tunsil from the from the Miami Dolphins. Oh, by the way, they traded away the one of the best receivers in football, DeAndre Hopkins. So yes, the reason why Houston's number one on the list is because people think they got the quarterback situation figured out with a young quarterback in Deshaun Watson. That's great, but you have nothing financially, nothing draft capital-wise to put around him. You have to hope that your scouting department can hit home runs in, in rounds three through seven, whereas Jacksonville, Sean, how about this? 79.6 million in cap space the most in the league they're gonna have a top three pick most likely there were more than likely gonna get the quarterback they want in either trevor lawrence or justin fields they also have the 26th pick in the first round from the jalen ramsey trade they have a talented roster as well they're gonna probably get a new head coach uh doug marone's probably not gonna be there you're gonna get a coach with justin field probably as your quarterback 70 plus million dollars in cap space to spend in a year where a lot of other teams are going to be shedding payroll because they're not going to have a lot of money. The Jacksonville Jaguars, to me, is the most attractive job. That's the one that I would take. Last one for you, Sean, a little pop culture debate for you because yesterday was Disney Investors Day. I don't know if you saw this. Disney made a bunch of different announcements for all their platforms, uh, Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, Hulu, National Geographic, Pixar, Marvel, everything, right? By the way, I don't know if you know this, but ESPN Plus is going to debut a new uh, daytime show every day to get everybody updated on the world of sports. And Twitter said, oh, so you just reinvented SportsCenter. Thanks for the innovation there, ESPN. Uh, but no, Disney released a lot of new Star Wars information yesterday. We're getting an Obi-Wan series. We're getting a new uh, uh, Rogue Squadron movie. We're getting all sorts of uh, Knights of the New Republic, all sorts of stuff. So, Sean, I ask you, you will be getting a new Disney Plus subscription because of all of the new cool Star Wars stuff that they announced yesterday. No. What? Sell, sell, sell. Wow. No. I, first of all, I already have Disney Plus. Second of all, I don't watch it as it is. I watched the first season of Mandalorian and it was good, but it wasn't good enough to get me to go back to it as of yet. So therefore, I don't feel like I have any interest in any of the new Star Wars. I might be Star Wars out. I used to be a big Star Wars fan of the, of the movies, but, you know, here's here's the problem with today's world. You just got me on a tangent here, Schubert. Um, right. I really enjoyed the first few Marvel movies, especially the Iron Mans, right? And then they... It's the top 40 radio factor, and they're doing it to, they're doing it to Marvel. They're doing it to Star Wars now. Top 40 radio, this is how it works. It's your favorite radio station, right? Because you get in your car in the morning and, oh, there's my favorite song. My fa I love this radio station. And then you get in your car to go to lunch and, oh, my God, listen, it's the same song. It's my favorite song. I love this radio station. And then you get in your car to go home and, oh, my God, it's just my favorite song. I love this radio station because they always play my favorite song. And then they take that song and they run it into the ground just in time for the new song to hit. And then, oh, my God, I love this radio station because my new song is that's top 40 radio. And that's how Marvel has treated their franchise. And that's how... Uh, Disney, since they purchased the license and to, to, to Star Wars, has treated that great franchise, and they've ran both of them shits right into the ground. And so now at this point, I'm so burnt out on 
on Marvel, and I'm so burnt out on Star Wars that I don't feel like I need to sit down and watch it. I just don't. They took... There's... there's Leaving the audience wanting more has a lot of power to it. And both of these... Both of these, these organizations... I think they're all Disney now, aren't they both Disney? Marvel and Star Wars have thrown that whole aspect out the window. They've gone the top 40 radio route, and they've made me not give two shits about either one. I'm, I'm not even dignifying that take response. <laughs> I'm that's, buying. That's how I feel. I'm, I'm buying. Give me the Obi-Wan series. Give me the new Rogue Squadron movie. Give me the Lando show. Give me the Knights of the New Republic. Uh, give me give me every show. Give me the new Marvel stuff. WandaVision, uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Give me, uh, give me everything. Give me all of it on a silver platter. Give me a Disney Plus subscription. Give it all to me. Don't listen to what Sean said. There's a lot of cool stuff going out there. Don't be the old man on the lawn or yelling at the cloud like Sean Crespin is. Don't be that guy. Just have fun. Enjoy life. Am I okay? right or am I that wrong? My, am, I, am I right or am I wrong? Completely wrong. They, they, they. Star Wars has come up with new stuff. Like Knights of the New Republic, or uh, yeah, Knights of the New Republic is a new show. Rogue Squadron is a new concept. They're, they're literally doing what you want them to do. They're going away from the, the Skywalker stuff and telling new stories. Yeah, they're going to tell some other stuff. They're going to tell, you know, the Obi-Wan series. Those things are great, but they're going to new stuff. Same thing with Marvel. They're entering a new phase with new stuff. Doctor Strange new movie. Another Black Panther movie. This is a terrible take, but it's one of the worst takes you've ever had. Now, now I'm upset. We're supposed to have fun to close the show. Now I'm upset. I'm telling you. I'm, they, the show. They, they, they Top 40 radio just drive shit into the ground until people don't care anymore and then try to roll off the next one. It's awful. I'm, I, I, I don't know why. I, I have no interest. Like every time they roll out a new trailer – for a new show, Star Wars related, or, or you know, I, I I find myself caring less and less. And you know when I stopped caring about Marvel, uh, I I was sitting in the theater, watching um, Civil War. Okay, I'm, sitting, I'm watching Captain America: Civil War. No, no, and the no, fight. No, you're not going to slander this movie. Listen to me. No, no, listen no, no, to no, me. No, 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 the, no, no. No, I'm not slandering the movie. It's done very well. But I'm sitting there. I'm sitting in the theater probably rolling into hour three of the damn movie because it needs to be three hours right and so i'm watching the i'm watching the fight scene at the airport and i found myself not giving two dams about who wins and i'm thinking i've hit my wall i'm over it i'm done so really i've been done since that point Sounds like you, Prom, by the way. Captain America Civil War, only uh, two and a half hours. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter <laughs> at Noble underscore podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. Follow Sean at SCrespin02. And follow Jordan Simone at Jordan Simone38. Rate, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast Pocket Cast, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever app you use to get your podcast, it is available there. So subscribe to the show, to the show so you know when these episodes drop. Everybody enjoy the Territorial Cup tonight. We will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend.